Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The first thing I recommend that really makes a huge impact is getting crystal clear on who your target audience is for that presentation and getting to know what motivates and concerns them. The mistake I see people do is that they just repeat the same presentation without making any changes to these different audience members. But actually, it can make a huge difference if you just get crystal clear for this particular presentation event or this meeting, who is my target audience and what motivates and concerns them. Welcome to the Data Career Podcast, the podcast that helps aspiring data professionals land their next data job. Here's your host, Avery Smith. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Data Career Podcast. I'm your host, Avery Smith, and thank you guys so much for listening. In today's episode, we have a real treat for you. We had Hannah MK come on who is a data visualization and data storytelling and data presentation communication expert. She's awesome and I hope you guys will learn a lot from her. We talked about what actually you need to do to present your data and your presentations effectively because here's the sad truth, you guys, is you could do all this work, you know, you could you can make the best data project, solve the best data problem, but if you're unable to communicate it and present it clearly, It doesn't really matter. So it's kind of that last mile of delivery where we really need to sharpen our skills and make sure our presentation and communication skills are on point so that we can actually progress in our data career. And in this episode, Hannah will give you tips if you're just starting as a data analyst and you're in your first role or if you haven't even gotten there yet, right? It's totally fine. Or if you're an expert, like how can we all improve our data analytics communication skills That's what this episode's all about. I hope if you guys are enjoying the podcast, you will leave us a five-star rating and a review, especially if you're on Apple. We're struggling to get those reviews on Apple. So if you're on Apple, leave a rating and review. But if you're on Spotify, Google, or if you're on YouTube or anywhere else, please leave us a rating and review as well because that helps people like you find the show, keeps me motivated, and helps me get better guests. When people are like, oh, wow, this is a popular podcast, it makes the whole guest getting a lot easier. So if you guys don't mind and do that real quick, that would be great. Let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Data Career Podcast. I'm so excited today because my guest is a data visualization expert, and more importantly, a presenting data expert. I'm joined today with Hannah MK. If you guys don't know who Hannah is, an incredible resource. She is the host of the Art of Communicating Data podcast and the founder of TrendingAnalytics.com. She began her career as a researcher in geography 
which is where she realized the importance of presenting data in a meaningful way. So that's a very, you know, maybe unconventional way to break into data. So she understands the journey that many of you guys are on. And she would later work for a Fortune 500 company and notice similar mistakes being made in reports and presentations, which led her to specializing in data storytelling and effective communication. So Hannah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Avery. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you as well because I've been on your podcast, but you haven't been on my podcast. So this is an awesome opportunity for all of our listeners to get to know you. So I want to give the the audience a little bit of a background. By the way, if you guys don't follow Hannah on social media, we'll have her social media links in the show notes down below. She makes Instagram, TikTok content, has an incredible podcast. You definitely want to check out those resources. But one thing that's really cool about what Hannah does is she helps people present data in a meaningful way. She helps people have confidence presenting, have structure and flow in her presenting, and also just like make meaningful insights. So Hannah, like what made you, I guess, interested in this whole data presentation business? Yeah. So, I, you know, as you mentioned, I transitioned to the data field. I've been working in the industry for about a decade now. And what I've noticed throughout my career is that from fellow data professionals in my team and other folks that I interact with is that we, as data professionals, we tend to, and I've been guilty of this as well, we tend to focus on collecting a lot of technical skills and there's always a new tool or technology to learn. And I understand that interest, like this shiny uh, object syndrome, like it really, it gets us excited and we want to learn, learn something new. And what ends up happening is that our other skills, our other soft skills, like presenting and communicating data, they don't tend to get the same attention and they're left unhoned. So that's why I really like focusing on this. And it's so important. We can talk more about this on, on the show is it's so important for ourselves and our career and for our work to be able to make an impact. And as a, I identify as someone who is a quiet, shy introvert. And I know many people I work with also identify like that. And we tend to tell ourselves that we cannot be effective presenters or communicators because we see all these like charismatic and so-called naturally gifted speakers. And we tell ourselves that we can never be as good as them. But I wanted to challenge that thought. And you still stay true, true to yourself, but you still get to effectively communicate yourself and your work. And that's really important for your career. Yeah, that's so awesome. And I think a lot of people listening resonate with that idea of, you know, I'm not very outgoing. I might not see myself as charismatic and the ability, you know, for you to see yourself that way and be able to help those people is really neat. And for all those people who feel that way, you definitely can have a huge impact in whatever company or organization you work for in presenting, even if you're an introvert or you don't feel that confidence. I want to quickly go through and just kind of talk about like what type of positions that you've maybe had in your career, like what type of titles have you been in presenting data situations? Honestly, all the titles, because even before I started to work in the industry, I was a graduate researcher. I was presenting my work. I was also teaching college students. So I had to really get comfortable speaking in front of a lot of folks. And you know, as a graduate student as well, presenting at conferences or even just departmental uh, meetings and speaking opportunities, they came up often. And that's where you really had to make a case for why the work you're doing, why the research you're doing is important and relevant and what progress you have made. And then while when working in the industry, I had uh, roles that involved being a GIS technician. Um, it was an entry-level position. 
data analyst. I've worked my way up to becoming a senior data analyst um, and have been in roles where I pretty much am owner of the product. And there is a in all the roles, I would say it's really important, even at the data entry level or just entry level role in general, I've seen that it's really important to be able to present your work, whether it's at like a meeting with your colleagues or your boss or at a bigger meeting throughout you know, your org or at a conference. I think in all cases, it's really important. Mm, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think even if there are people who are listening to this and you're maybe not in a data position or even like a, a tech position at this point, I definitely think learning how to communicate and present effectively is probably a skill well worth it in your career. But like, can you maybe walk us through a tangible example, maybe from, from something you've had in the past where like, what is a data presentation? Like when would a data analyst, for example, be presenting data? Who would that be to? And like, what would kind of be the setting that that would be the case? Yeah, that's a good question. So here's, I'll go through some examples of various stakes. So a low stake presentation for a data professional could be, for example, if you're a data analyst or a data scientist, you may be asked by your colleagues or your boss to present at a meeting to only your team members. It could be just an update or a demo meeting where you're demonstrating the progress of your work. That's a pretty low stakes meeting because, you know, you're just, you're presenting to your own team. You're sharing what you've done and maybe the goal of that presentation is to share any insights you found or any tools that you've discovered or created yourself that could help the team or to get feedback from your team and your boss so that's a pretty low stakes one and it's one that is very common for data professionals and then there's also presentations where you're actually presenting directly to your stakeholders. So these are people who, you know, your work will have a direct impact on them or should have a direct impact on them and their decision making. Those are higher stakes because this is where you get to make a case for why your work matters. And I think as data professionals, we can all agree we want our work to have an impact. We want our work to be meaningful, to, to, to mean something because we didn't spend all these hours, all these days and weeks to just have our work collect dust. We wanted to do something with it, right? So when it's time for us to present our work to these kind of stakeholders, whether they're our clients or people who are gonna be making decisions based on the work that we've done. So let's say if you're a data analyst and when you're analyzing data, you found some insights that could change decisions that your company is gonna be making you want to be able to effectively communicate that insight that you have found and confidently communicate your recommendations. You're going to be telling them what to do, what decisions they should be making. So I think that's that's the most exciting part for me is when I get to help other people with those kind of presentations and then see their work actually make change, even if it's just at their company, it's really fulfilling to me and especially fulfilling for those data professionals because you see your work actually have a change, but it also gives you visibility as a data professional because you get to speak in front of other people and it conveys how important you are to your organization. And personally, from my experience, I'll share something, a presentation I did a couple of years ago that I thought was pretty low stakes, but it turned out it helped me get a promotion because there were leadership in my organization that attended that meeting that I, I didn't take too seriously. And I mean, if I were to look back at it, I think I still do the same amount of prep, but it ended up helping me get a promotion. And that's a, that's a pretty big deal. That is career changing. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good point that in these presentations, a lot of the time, it's the only chance you actually have to be seen by some of your, maybe your boss's 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 boss, for example, Mm -hmm. right? And at the end of the day, a lot of those people are the people pulling the strings from one organization to another. So it's a really good opportunity to to shine in your career, not to stress everyone out listening. Um, But these presentations are an opportunity where you have a chance to shine and really make a difference in how you are perceived because because, you know, I think this is a common theme of my podcast is it's not really, it's not always your skills or your ability that matter the most. Like for instance, you could be the most talented, you know, aspiring data analyst, but if you don't have a portfolio set up and you don't have a good network, you don't have good job hunting skills, you're going to have a hard time getting hired. It actually kind of can be the same when you're in the workplace as well. It's not really like the most talented data analyst that gets the promotion. It's probably the one that gets perceived as providing the most value. And these presentations are kind of your opportunity to show off the value you bring to your presentation. Hopefully we didn't make it high stakes enough, but I think that's a really, a really good point or two high stakes, but it is, it is a really good point that you're bringing up. Yeah, no, that, that's a really good point that yeah, it's often the people who are perceived and ideally it'd be both on merit and perception. And so, yeah, don't just bank on on your work and the merits of your work to, I mean, an ideal world, that would be the case, yeah. but we have to advocate for ourselves and we have to speak for ourselves oftentimes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if we're, you know, more introverted or shy, I think that Mm -hmm. that's even more important. And what you said about like those different types of meetings really resonates with me as well. And my different experiences in the data fields, when I worked for a smaller company, VaporSense, it was like a 15 person company. My half of the company basically would have a weekly meeting and I'd probably have 10, five to 10 minutes in that meeting where I would basically just talk about what I kind of learned this week, what I you know, had found out for the company, any important insights, what I was kind of working on, just kind of like a status report, I guess. And that was a lot lower stakes, although it was to like, I guess, like the VP of research, but it was a small company. So <laughs> at Exxon, quite a large company, we definitely didn't have those weekly meetings, really. I might have had a weekly meeting with one to two of my supervisors, maybe every other week or something like that. But there were opportunities for me to present in front of like, I don't know, 50 to 250 people. And those were a lot more higher stakes meetings. So those scenarios rang true for me. When you're doing these presentations, would you say the majority of the time you're using PowerPoint or how are these presentations built? Good question. I use um, a slide deck software, but I, I, right now, most of them, what they're able to do, I, it doesn't really matter which one you end up choosing to use. My design is very minimalistic, so it, they look pretty much the same whether you're using PowerPoint, Keynote, or Google Slides. But I, you know, I was thinking the other day that more often than not, I do have some sort of visual aid. I'm usually using a slide deck. I know there are presentations where you don't have that. One of the stories I tell my audience members often is a very important and pivotal presentation I did when I was a graduate student that really changed how I thought of data storytelling. And there I actually used a poster, a poster that's very common. Like it looked like a very standard academic poster. So it wasn't even slides. And there are times where you don't have either. It's very rare, I think. As data professionals, we tend to share our screen or share data visualizations. And so um, I'm usually using a slide deck software unless I'm actually the, the purpose of the presentation is to demonstrate a visualization itself. And then I'm actually sharing my visualization directly. So I usually create my visuals in Tableau. And so I'm usually presenting on Tableau in those cases. 
Yeah. Okay. That's the good point that not data presentation doesn't have to take place in PowerPoint. It could take place in a dashboard. It could take place just sharing your screen and showing one-off visualizations. It could take place actually it, it, on a poster. You know, it's more common in academic world, but I did a poster when I was at ExxonMobil. So that's really unique. There's lots of different ways you could potentially be presenting your data. And I think you already touched on this about, about why we should care about presentation, but I'm going to ask one more time as like a data professional. Why should we really care about presenting our data? So as I mentioned before, and I want to reiterate that, that it's really, it's our responsibility to be able to communicate and present our own work. In an ideal world, there could be there other people like our boss or our clients that will advocate and speak about our work and you know spread the message and have our work have an impact. That's an ideal world and usually doesn't happen. It's our responsibility to be able to communicate it. And by that, I also mean is that I've noticed some people, they will say after a presentation that doesn't go well or after a presentation where they notice that their audience member doesn't take the recommended action or you know take your work in, into consideration when they make a decision, then we tend to say, well, they didn't understand it. it they didn't get it. It went over their heads. That's our job to make them understand it. It's our job to be able to communicate our work effectively to them. And so I know it's kind of, some people make considered unfair that we have to, we do all this work, we spend all these hours and days on our work, and now we have to take the time to translate it in a way that is going to effectively pass along our message to our audience members who may not be technical folks, they may not be data folks. So we have to be able to communicate in their own language that they can understand. Why is that our responsibility? I'm sorry, but that is that is our responsibility. That's our job. And that's why it's so important that we learn these skills and how to be able to effectively present our work. And it, it, it means that we need to make sure that we're keeping our audience members engaged and motivated throughout our presentation, that they're not getting distracted or bored by our whatever we're speaking about, and that whatever we're, information we're giving them, we're not trying to overwhelm and bombard them, but we're trying to make sure that once the presentation is over, that they know what the takeaway message is, they know what exactly what they need to do next from based on what you presented. So that is how we can make sure that Let's say if you are a data analyst and you spend a lot of time analyzing the data to be able to find insights that are useful from that data that we can that your company can make a decision from. After that presentation, they should know what they should be doing with your work. That is, otherwise, you can't complain if your report is just collecting dust, if your visualizations, no one's looking at them, or if no one actually took action, like, you know, you spend all this time, you know exactly what the company needs to do and it, no one's doing it. If you fail to do an effective data presentation, then that's unfortunately that's on us, right? This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 100%. It's not all that, I don't know, glamorous. And a lot of the times you think when you're in a data position, you're like, oh, I want to crunch the numbers. I want to I want to do the technical part. But really, if you don't do a good job presenting your data, then you're basically like Amazon who left the package down the road from my house. It's like, <laughs> it's like that is the last mile. And if you don't actually do the last mile, they're all the work that you led up to of like, I don't know, getting the product from the warehouse, putting it inside of a box, putting it inside the delivery van, driving around town doesn't really count unless you actually get it to my front doorstep. Does that analogy exactly. make sense? Or did I just lose oh, everyone? Totally makes sense because, you know, we're, this is a great analogy because we're not thinking about all the effort Amazon did up until the delivery, right? We're not thinking about that at all. We're not going to say, oh, well, great job. Uh, you know, doing everything except for delivering the package into my hands, right? That that's where it actually ma matters. The last mile is so important. That's a very good analogy. Yeah. And when I was thinking about like, when I have worked in the data field, you, you'd think a lot of it, we're so numbers and data driven that that we think that like our numbers are there to speak for themselves. Mm. But I would actually say in 90% of the like projects I've worked on in the data world, both as a data analyst and a data scientist, a human at the end of the day still made the decisions. So like even, even like I was making recommendations or I was giving predictions or something like that, like there, there was still a human element to it. And so being able to mm -hmm. communicate with that human element and be like, this is what the data says. This is probably why the data says is so important because otherwise like you're just doing data for data's sake and not actually getting the delivery done, which is not great at all. I wanted to, to now dive into a little bit more about your expertise here and maybe get a tip or two uh, about how people could, could become a better presenter quickly. What, what advice do you have? I know you mentioned earlier the, the PowerPoint keeping it minimalistic. I'm, I'm sure that probably helps. What are some other things? Yeah, the first thing I recommend that really makes a huge impact is getting cl crystal clear on who your target audience is for that presentation and getting to know what motivates and concerns them. And how that's going to manifest is that I've seen that many times as data professionals, we are expected to give what seems like the same presentation to different people. And uh, the mistake I see people do is that they just repeat the same presentation without making any changes to these different audience members. But actually, it can make a huge difference if you just get crystal clear for this particular presentation event or this meeting, who is my target audience? And what motivates and concerns them? Because then I can change my message in a way that will resonate with them. And then when I give them the recommendations, it's actually relevant to them. For instance, if I were to give a presentation to fellow data professionals, fellow data analysts in my team, and I tell them, you know what, if you don't take my recommendations, these are the costs to our businesses that we will see. Honestly, my coworkers, my fellow data professionals, they don't care about the cost to the company. Like that's not their primary concern, right? Their primary concern is how can my work help them with their own work, improve their work, right? Because we're a team of fellow data professionals. So our message will actually change depending on who our target audience is. If you can get crystal clear on that, you will craft a presentation that will resonate with that target audience. And it's going to make them feel like you're talking directly to them. And it's going to make your work actually um, be impactful because you're not trying to water down your presentation in a way that everyone in your company will be able to understand. Like you're, it, it'll seem like you're not talking to anyone. And honestly, it will show, it really shows when I sit in in presentations, I can tell when someone's thought about who their target audience is.
That's the first tip. The second tip is that get crystal clear on what your presentation takeaway is. And other people call this the big idea or yeah, the main idea of your presentation. It's kind of like the thesis statement for your essays that you wrote in school. That's what a presentation takeaway is essentially. It's like a one sentence that conveys what is at stake. And if you get crystal clear on that, it helps you with preparing your presentation. It helps you stay on message. It helps you selecting which insights to even include in your presentation because you want to think about what's relevant to that main message. And it can also be something you tell to other folks. It's, it's kind of like your elevator pitch when someone asks, like, what are you presenting about or what was your presentation about? You can give them that takeaway. Yeah, that is so important because you don't want to just be giving, like, if you found 10 interesting things, but only like two of them actually really matter. You don't want to spend 80% of your time presenting on, on things that don't matter, right? You almost exactly. want to invert that and spend 80% mm -hmm. of your time on the two things that actually matter. So when you really nail down that your, who your audience is and what you want your audience to do after this presentation, like how should they think different? What, what actions should they take that are different? That really kind of eliminates a lot of the stress because there's so many different ways to do a presentation. But if you're like, no, this is my audience. This is what I need them to understand. It really kind of makes, draws a straight line about what you should actually present about. Yeah. And, and you know, people then tell me, well, you know, I know I'm presenting my target audience are my clients, but my boss invited herself to the meeting and my team members are also joining the meeting. And so is this project manager. I don't want you to think about them when you're preparing a presentation. Don't think about them. Just laser focus on your target audience. Just prepare as if you're only talking to them. And that's how you're going to be able to make an effective presentation. Mm, that's really powerful. I love that your tips are like less about the actual presentation, but more about like actually before you even start the presentation, if you're not starting off on the right foot, then it really like you could be the most charismatic, entertaining, best slide deck template of all time. But if you don't know who you're speaking to, and what you're actually going to speak about, like what the most important thing, it doesn't, doesn't really matter is kind of what I'm taking away. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because that's often how we define a successful presentation is like, oh, did it sound really nice? Did it come off really nice? Charismatic speakers, they just, they sound like the delivery is so great. And that's how we define a successful presentation. But I want us to define a successful data presentation as one that our audience actually understands two, that it's actually memorable and retainable to our audience. And three, our audience actually takes the recommended next steps that you're telling them to do. I want us to define a successful data presentation like that. Yeah. Okay. Hannah, I'm going to throw you kind of a curveball here and I mm -hmm. apologize. We didn't talk about this in our pre-show, but this podcast is full of a lot of people who are aspiring data professionals, but haven't quite opened the door quite yet into the data world. And I was wondering what, what advice you might give on someone who like, okay, this is good information for me when I get my foot in the door and I actually land a data job. But I was curious as an aspiring data professional, what can you do to show that you have these skills? That's a really good question. So you, you have opportunities to show that when you are interviewing. I think that's a great place because as I know the methods that Avery teaches and one of the things he really emphasizes having data projects and a portfolio show, showcasing those projects. So at some point you're going to be discussing those projects to in, in your interview, you should. I mean, that's a great opportunity to show your portfolio. So that's where you can show off your presentation skills and your communication skills. I know that usually entry-level data analysts, they don't say it outright in the job role that they expect you to present your work, but 
you can, I think it's still good to show because oftentimes people, if your boss notices in your, even in your entry level position that you are a great presenter, I've experienced this myself that then they'll ask you, can you actually present in front of my boss or my boss's boss? So if you're able to demonstrate those skills, even from the get-go in your, in your interview as an entry-level data professional, you will st stand out from the other candidates and it might be a quality that they will appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was thinking, man, really what it comes down to is these different projects that you potentially could have in, like, if you can present your project with confidence, you know, I think that's so impactful because projects really are just kind of like the equivalent of an actual meeting in, in once you actually get a job. One thing I wanted to, to ask you about is with that, like, do you feel like you've gotten better at presenting data in your career, like from where you started to where you are now? Oh yeah, definitely. And, you know, it, honestly though, I have been working on my public speaking and presentation skills for, I just realized this, for two decades now. It's it's something I've been working on for a while, but in the context of data for the past 10 years, yes. It's something you mentioned actually earlier on about how we think as data professionals that we, that people will be impressed by numbers. And sometimes we even think like people will be impressed if I show my code, if I share my screen and show them my code or the math behind my algorithm, they'll be impressed. Like it's, it's kind of coming from a place of insecurity if we're being honest, because we want them to know that we are the smart ones that they have hired for this job. And it's true. Like we, we are very skilled in what we do and they've hired us to do work that they cannot do. And we think this is a chance for us to show that off, to remind them and to validate, like, look, we are smart. We've been working really hard. And uh, while that's true, the goal of our presentation shouldn't be to overwhelm our audience members and bombard them with numbers. And that's something I've learned in my past 10 years is that at the beginning, when I was getting ready to present my work for the first time at academic conference, I thought, I'm just going to overwhelm them with the great things and the really interesting things I've done, and they'll be impressed and they'll love it. But my advisor advised instead that I should tell a story with my data. And that's the first time I ever heard the term data storytelling. And it really changed how I give presentations because it made me realize that I really need to think about like, how can I make what I do accessible to the people I'm presenting to that are often non-technical or non-data folks? And how can I make it seem interesting and relevant to them? So it it's hard because we have the curse of knowledge as data professionals. We know our work really, really well. We're in the weeds of data, so in the weeds, and it's hard for us to step back sometimes and think from the perspective of our target audience, what kind of information they need, how can we package the message in a way that's that, that they can comprehend. And that is extra work that we need to do, but it it is so rewarding, not just rewarding in the sense that it's great to see that aha moment, that light bulb moment in our audience when they understand what we're doing. And they, it's also, um, you know, great for us to see them actually be able to incorporate what they learn from us into their decision making. So that's what I've learned in my past 10 years is that it is a lot more work, but you will be rewarded so much for that. Yeah. And I, I love what you said about the code because honestly, Probably unless you're meeting with like a technical manager, like you should probably never really share your code. Mm -hmm. Like no one wants to see your code. No, like <laughs> I, not, not to make another bad. Well, I'm not even going to make that analogy. Like, but no one wants to see your code at all, like ever probably. And really what it comes down to is they want to see what your code can do. 
And so mm -hmm. that's why when people ask me like, oh, do you have a portfolio? And I ask that question, do you have a portfolio? They're like, oh yeah, I have a GitHub. And it's like, well, actually no mm -hmm. one cares about your code on your GitHub. People only care about the story that you, that you mentioned behind your code. Like, what does your code do? What's the story that it uncovers? And I love that. And I think that's something that you can apply whether you're on the job already, or if you're trying to land your first data job, you can be like, okay, I did this code. I did this Python. I did this Excel, whatever. Why does it actually matter? And what story can I, can I make this whole thing happen? Yeah, exactly. That's a really great point that you make and how you can incorporate this in your interview itself. Because I, I think from what I've noticed when I had fellow data professionals tell me that they struggle with finding a job or like, like they're so skilled. They're like, I have all these skills. I'm so good at it. I have this portfolio. And we realize that when preparing for the interview, they haven't prepared, you know, the behavioral portion or the how to even present themselves in their answers, like the star method that Paulina mentioned, a lot of them don't know about that. This is related to that because you're not presenting data directly, but you're presenting yourself. And that's a skill that goes hand in hand. So if you can hone your presentation and communication skills, even as an aspiring data professional, it can help you early on in helping you land that first job even. Yeah, 100%. Okay, Hannah, let's say that someone listening to this was like, oh my gosh, I'm not the best presenter of all time, which is okay because I, Avery, am still not that great of a presenter. And Hannah just talked about how she's gone through this decade-long process of becoming a better presenter. What are some ways that people can become better presenters and where can they learn more about you and what you teach? Yeah, so I have a lot of resources for uh, data professionals who do want to get better at presenting data. You can find it on my website and Avery can link that. It's trending-analytics.com. And I have a data presentation roadmap that will tell you exactly the steps you need to do to prepare for your data presentation. I, has, I have courses as well, but um, we can get into that uh, some other time. And you can find that on my website. But also like think about, I think if you are really nervous about presenting, you can start off by looking for opportunities to present in low stakes environments. Like I mentioned earlier, those can be meetings with just your colleagues or your boss. Those are great opportunities for you to just practice. There's opportunities, if you're a student, then there's opportunities you know, for class presentations. At work, they often have like these optional like brown bags or like these lunch, lunch and learn kind of meetings. Those are another place where you can practice your presentation skills. But the great thing about presenting your work is that you can practice a lot to be able to prepare. Like your preparation and practice can really make a huge impact in the actual delivery of your presentation. So there's a lot that's within your control and it just requires work on your end and this dedication to doing the work. So that's the good news is that a lot of it is in your control. Yeah, practice, practice, practice makes perfect. So we'll have a link to all those those resources down below. And Hannah and I look forward to seeing your guys' presentation skills take off. If you choose to present data and we want to practice, you know, feel free to, this is what I have my students do inside of the Data Analytics Accelerator Bootcamp, is shoot a five-minute Loom. If you guys haven't checked out Loom before, it's just like a free way to record you and your screen at the same time. And you could present... PowerPoint, you could present a dashboard and go ahead and tag Hannah and myself on LinkedIn and use this as an opportunity, a call, a challenge, an invitation, if you will, for you to take your data skills to the next level and, and practice a presentation. You're okay if they tag you, Hannah? Yeah, of course. Okay, Hannah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. All right, I hope you guys are all set to become better data presenters and communicators, and they're gonna make an impact on your organization or in your data career job hunt. 
I know I learned a lot of that episode, so I hope you did as well. If you're still listening to this, thank you guys so much for listening. And check out some of the resources I have in the show notes down below. For instance, subscribe to the newsletter. We have 10,000 plus more data professionals in that newsletter. And I send really fun things. Like I just sent a Halloween meme the other day, plus a Halloween discount. So I'm sending all sorts of fun things out on the newsletter. So check that out. And then of course, if you haven't come to one of my webinars, I actually just read it the whole thing. So it's actually like automated. So you can watch it anytime you'd like. But the cool part is, is I'm still live in the chat. So even though it's not video of me actually talking, you'll be able to talk to me in the chat if you have any questions, if something I said wasn't clear in the webinar. But it's basically a webinar that'll show you how to structure your job search, how to actually prepare the skills, prepare the portfolios, and prepare your network to land your first day of job. I'll teach you three really unique ways that not a lot of people are talking about to approach you know, landing your first day of job. So if you haven't listened to that before, please, please go listen. I really think it's worth checking out. Okay, have a great day, everyone, and thank you so much for listening.